Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. As always, the misinformation and disinformation, uh, not always the same thing, are everywhere. We had a Trump rally last week. Of course, rather than focusing on the fact that at a minimum, the Trump rally had 600 times uh, more people than the Biden rally, the media, of course, manages to always find the downside. Incredible. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN, your online activity. That's your business. Get a VPN today, expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you on this fine Monday? Well, I'm doing well, Dan. Just just keeping my eye <laughs> on the commies, you know? <laughs> I, I know. Joe texted me. Joe's, seriously, Joe's very concerned about what's I'm, I'm not messing there, with yeah. you about what's going on out there. And you should be too, folks. Um, the left has entered a, a new degree of targeting speech suppression, tyranny, Man. and they're not kidding around anymore. I got a loaded show on that today. Good deal, And Dan. the inside baseball on the Trump rally. Listen, don't buy the media hype. Even Paul got upset about this weekend. All right, today's show brought to you by our friends at Helix. I needed Helix last night because I do Fox and Friends at 6.30 on Monday morning, and I get really tired on Sunday nights. My wife was nice enough to take me out to dinner yesterday at the... Uh, I better not even mention the steakhouse because the left will burn it down. So in a place locally, it was a restaurant. But I fell asleep last night on my Helix Sleep mattress. They make personalized mattresses right here in America, shipped straight to your door with free no contact, delivery, free returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. To choose a mattress, Helix made a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you, not for someone else. You like a mattress that's really soft or firm? You sleep on your side like me or your back like Paula? Or you really sleep very, very hot like I do. Get a Helix mattress. They have a specific mattress for each and everybody's unique taste. Don't buy a mattress made for someone else. I took the quiz. I was matched to a Midnight Lux. I wanted something that fell firm, and I sleep on my side. I love Helix. You don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress by the Bongino household. And GQ, seriously, a GQ Wired Magazine, not a joke, and apartment therapy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep you'll have. My friend stayed over, wound up sleeping in uh, my daughter's room. My daughter went by my mother-in-law's. He loved the mattress. Right now, Helix is offering $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order. Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Go today. All right, Joe, let's go. Yeah, so uh, the president had a big rally in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and the misinformation is just everywhere. You know, it's stunning. Like I said, Paula likes politics, but not like me. She's not, in, you know, like I'm like a tick in politics. I'm like embedded in the skin of politics, and it's my life all the time. It drives her crazy, and practically, uh, uh, frankly speaking, most of the people around me most of the time. But even she said this week, you think that Trump, who turned out on the low end, 6,000 people on the high end, 12,000. I'll get to that in a minute, why there's a disparity in the numbers, by the way. You would think people would say, my gosh, in the middle of a media COVID scaremongering, say, oh my gosh, if you go to this thing, you're going to die. Go to the protest, by the way, the police protest, but don't go to, if you go to this, you'll definitely die. The viruses, the virus knows the difference, according to uh, leftist media types, Joe. The virus will not infect you, according to the media, if you go to one of these protests. Mm. I say laughingly because that's their coverage. But if you go to a Trump rally, you are definitely going to die. No doubt about it. So instead of focusing on the fact that, hey, listen, the turnout wasn't what they expected, but they got a pretty darn good crowd between six and 12,000 people. What's the story? Oh, my gosh, it's over. It's over. It's Joe, time number yeah. 57,422. <laughs> this is it for Trump. Right? No. Do I have the number right or is it 57,567? <laughs> oh, no. Not sure. Bro. Joe, you're, listen, I know I give you a lot of, this is your new job to keep track of how many times the media, <laughs> mark it today, 57,482 or whatever number I just said, and we'll count upwards sequentially from there. It's now definitely over for Trump. Well, what happened? Well, let's get to the real story first. And the real story is this. There is absolutely no excitement about Joe Biden whatsoever. Now, the media, including, you know, uh, Chris Wallace as well, who went after Mercedes Schlapp on this, which I didn't think was a particularly a well-done interview at all, just my opinion there. Um, Chris Wallace went after Mercedes Schlapp for comparing Trump's rallies to Biden's rallies. Uh, hold on a second here. Uh, yeah. Why is that an irrelevant talking point? Joe, last time I checked, you have voted in presidential elections, correct? Yes, you, I have. You understand Dan. the whole voting? 
Okay, thank you. Voting in presidential elections outside of like Ross Perot and stuff is largely a binary choice. Yep. Republican, Democrat. What, John Anderson, money? We haven't had many serious third-party candidates. So outside of Ross Perot, elections are generally binary. A or B? Why is it irrelevant for Mercedes Schlapp to have brought up, I mean, Chris Wallace at Fox got genuinely upset that Mercedes Slap brought this up. Like, you're criticizing our crowd size, and you're not bringing up the fact that our opponent has, like, 10 people at his rally and six are family members. Yeah. Like, isn't that important? It's a binary choice. So, as always, we bring the photo evidence. So, if you'd like to watch, YouTube.com slash Bongino. But don't worry. If you're not watching and you are an audio listener only, I will describe to you. The Joe Biden rally. If you will place up the picture, Miss Paula, please. Here is the Joe Biden. Hold on, Joe. It's going to take a while. There's a photo on the screen. Those watching, you can see it. Keep this up for a minute. Miss Paula, please. For you audio listeners at home on the radio, there is a photo on our YouTube channel on the screen. Now, Joe Biden speaking at a, um, I don't know what to call this, Joe. Is this a rally? Uh -huh. What is this? Is this a listening session? Uh -huh. A coffee clutch? Yeah, that's, um, that's what exactly like it, yeah. are we looking at? Coffee clutch, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? Like I it. mean, we're looking yeah. at Biden at a podium. I see a translator off to his left that looks like someone doing uh, doing sign language. That's great. That's good. You know, some people um, have problems with the hearing. That's, that's fair. I see about two people. Let's be generous, Joe. Let's double it. Let's say there's four people. Oh, right. I'll tell you what. Let's be generous. Let's times it by 10. There were 20 people at the Biden rally. 20. Let's say I'm being generous, folks. I heard there were really 10. But let's say there were two. Let's say there were 40. This guy's really packing them in, folks. <laughs> He's really packing them. I see two. I just want that noted. But it is kind of an angled shot. So there could be 10 times more and there could be 20 people there. Now, I'm not a math expert anymore, uh, but I'm two times 10, I believe, is 20. Joe, can you fact check that? Please? Um, two times 10, in fact, 20. Yeah, yeah you're good. 20. Thank you. You're, Thank you're welcome. You. Okay, I needed to no just, just to be sure. So let's just say there's 20 people at Joe's rally. Now, would it not Joe Armacost, Joe Biden? Joe Armacost, I uh, swear, Armacost could get more people at a rally. I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah, baby. We should make a, we could, let's, let's have Joe, <laughs> Joe Armacost, show up in Maryland to a spot. And I will announce Joe's there, and Joe will take a picture. I guarantee you Joe gets a bigger crowd than Joe Biden. I will. Folks, I uh, seriously, if I didn't want to put you, if, I, I I, I'm afraid that Antifa would show up and actually, you know, assault Joe. Yeah. If I was really interested in doing this, I'm not actually kidding. I could get Armacost a bigger crowd than Joe Biden, and he's not running for president. That is not a joke. I am dead serious there. So Biden at 20 people, binary choice. Okay, we've established it. Here's a photo of Trump's rally. The media is so, oh my gosh, nobody showed up. The place was empty. This is terrible. Oh. Now, yes, are there some empty seats up top? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I count, I don't know how many I count because there's too many damn people in the picture. You're not damn people. I love you. I'm just upset about this. This is the photo on the screen. How Paula, can you count? She's shaking her head. No, of course she can't because there's too many people in the picture. Paula says, and yes, we can confirm, there are more than 10 people in the picture. Joe, can you double confirm uh, that for us, yeah, please? Yeah, I'll notarize that. Yep, there's more than that there. Thank mm -hmm. you. Joe will know. Joe is not an official notary, <laughs> but he is the Dan Bongino Show notary. Uh, are you official? No, you're not. No, correct? I'm not. Okay, just checking. But you are the official notary of the Dan Bongino Show. Sir. So we can confirm that the Trump rally had likely somewhere between 600 times the turnout and 1,200 times the turnout of Joe Biden's 10 to 20 people at his rally. But again, let's make the talking point because we're media lunatics about, oh my gosh, Trump was expecting a million people. They weren't. And only six to 12,000 people showed up. Now, why is this nonsense? I don't listen to me. I'm, I'm not a journalist. Don't insult me by ever calling me a journalist. We do facts. We do investigative reporting. Journalism has become a slur, and I refuse to accept that. So please don't ever call me a journalist. But we do facts here. What's bothering me about this is not that President Trump and the rally, they, it underperformed in terms of crowd size. No question about it. Fine, that's a fact. But the question here as well is, put that in context of this election. Again, you have one candidate here whose rally or whatever it was, about 10 to 20 people showed up. You had another who at the lowest crowd estimate we have, 
6,000. The highest was 12,000. There's the pay. Thank you. We got a split screen up with both photos. Had 6,000 people show up in the middle of an economic recession and media scare tactics telling them they're all going to die. Kind of the context matters, does it not? Doesn't matter the media. Now, why does this story bother me more? And here's the inside baseball. Because the Secret Service, where I used to work, as many of you know, I'm sorry to keep saying, I don't mean to annoy you to death, but it's relevant to this. We have this thing called the flow rate at magnetometers. Flow rate, the flow and the number of people who go through the magnetometers. Why is that relevant? Because in order to access a Trump rally, you have to pass through a magnetometer, a metal detector. So if anyone has an accurate count of the number of people in the event, around the event, and in the secure zone who showed up, it would be the Secret Service. They don't lie. They're not interested in lying about the crowd size or the numbers. That's not what they do. They would be embarrassed. The Secret Service estimates the crowd at 12,000 people, maybe not inside, but maybe within the secure perimeter. So just to be clear, if Joe Biden had 12 people at the rally, 1,000 times the number of people showed up for President Trump's rally than Joe Biden's, whatever that was, his Starbucks coffee clutch. And we're supposed to take from that that Trump's a total failure, the election's over, and Joe, time number 52,487, I keep screwing it up, I don't even know what number it is, that Trump is definitely done this time. That's the takeaway. Again, a fair analysis of this, which we'll do on a serious note, Yes, the crowd wasn't what it was at prior rallies, which is probably understandable given the fact that the left tried to sabotage it, which I'll get to in a minute. We still have the coronavirus and there's an economic recession going on and Black Lives Matter and some Antifa people threatened to basically beat the crap out of people who showed up at the rally, given their past history, Antifa, with assaulting people at Trump rallies. I think 12,000 people is a pretty damn healthy crowd. Call me crazy, folks. Call me nuts. I think that's a pretty good crowd. So I'll take the Secret Service number of 12,000, number one. Here's my second point on this before we get to uh, dunce AOC. She's a dunce. She is a, a serious tier one class A dunce. We'll get to that in a minute, what that has to do with the rallying moment. But on another end, given my past experience, I can't tell you when I was with President Obama how many rallies I went to. One of them where I was the lead advisor. I was the senior agent on the trip advising a guy who was doing his first lead advance. That's why I was the lead. I had done tons of them. So once you've done a lot of lead advances where you coordinate the whole trip, you advise the other guy who's doing his first. I was a lead advisor multiple times. One of the trips I was a lead advisor on was President Obama's trip to the Prudential Center, where he was there in support of John Corzine at the time. In 2009, it was a Democrat running for re-election, and there was a Republican running against him. You may have heard of him. His name was Chris Christie. Well, Christie won that election. I will never forget being the lead advisor and the Obama staff at the where the New Jersey Devils play at the Prudential Center saying, we're going to pack this place to the rafters, Joe. 22,000 people. Now, mm -hmm. me having done a number of lead advances for Barack Obama and his presidency before, I was like, ah, you're probably not going to fill this thing to the rafters. I had a pretty good gauge of crowd size. I had only done or been an agent on probably close to 50 or 60 of these trips. I said to the staffer, you ain't filling this place. No, blah, blah, blah. you don't know what you're talking about. Obama, everybody loves Obama. We'll fill this place to the brim. 2009, Obama. Yeah, <laughs> 22,000 plus. We'll be sticking people in the rafters. We'll be hanging chairs from the rafters like swing chair. They can watch from the rafters. We'll have an overflow in the parking lot. We'll have an overflow on an overflow. How many people showed up to that event? Man, probably about 6,000. It was so bad that the top part of the stadium, which you saw in the Trump team, which, yeah, they didn't fill yeah. all the seats up there. But the top part of the stadium at the Obama event, Joe, they had to tarp it off because it was empty. Oh, oh yeah. Because there weren't, mm -hmm. there wasn't even anyone up there. At least at the Trump rally, there were people up there. It wasn't yeah. packed. Fair. But at the Obama rally for Corza, there was nobody up there. They tarped the thing off. Yeah. So you couldn't see all the empty. Oh, yes, yeah, really. I remember that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I, you're, yeah, I've told this story yeah. on the air before. So you've heard it before. That's why it sounds familiar to Joe, mm -hmm. who's been here for all, what, 12, one, 
6,281 episodes. We have one more episodes and Joe Biden's had people at his rally all together. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's true. it's true. I don't remember ever reading a story and send it to me if I'm wrong in the mainstream media, not local stuff, but the mainstream media about how disappointing the attendance was at the Obama rallies. I don't remember that story. So again, to be fair, the event underperformed expectations. But to also be fair, this is your sole takeaway from the event. Your sole takeaway. You're frauds. You're just fakes and phonies, and it's really gross. And you're underreporting the number who were, who were people who were in there. It was probably a, the t- Secret Service number of 12,000 was probably accurate. Factor out staff and everyone else, you probably had close to eight to 10,000 people. Paula said to me this morning, she goes, well, why are they reporting 6,000? Because 6,000 sounds worse for Trump. This has nothing to do with the truth. If they could report and, and get away with it that seven people showed up despite the picture, they would do it. They're liars. Oh, my gosh, is it frustrating dealing with these morons. Now, showing you what else they were dealing with, here is this total dunce AOC. I mean, just a tier one level congressional loser. She's proud of this. When she's responding to Brad Parscale, who is uh, President Trump's campaign manager, who's talking about the, uh, you know, why they, the turnout was a little weak, radical protesters, a week of apocalyptic media coverage. AOC, the dunce, says, actually, you just got rocked in all caps because she's, you know, she thinks like a child by teens on TikTok who flooded the Trump campaign with fake uh, ticket reservations and tricked you into believing a million people wanted your white supremacist open mic enough to pack an arena during COVID. Shout out to Zoomers. You all make me show proud emoji guy, winky people. This is an actual member of Congress, uh, winky uh, AOC. The woman's a dunce. Okay, can we just be honest? She is a total dunce, seriously, with a double digit IQ. It's just embarrassing. So just to be clear what she's doing on Twitter, won't censor any of this, by the way. The Twitter tyrants who are a total joke. I'm so glad to be involved with an alternative. I am just so sick of it. I really, at this point, stay on there just to crush the libs because they are so awful on Twitter. So just to be clear what AOC is doing on Twitter. TikTok, which is a, which it has, there's been a number of reports about suspicious Chinese ties to TikTok and the Communist Party apparatchiks. Can't confirm, but those reports are out there. So just to be clear. You have a suspicious app that multiple reports are put out, some suspicious ties to the Chinese government. Reports are everywhere on that. You can read them yourself. You're proud that you used said app to engage in election fraud and get a bunch of people to give a campaign for the presidency, a bunch of fake and false and fraudulent information, and you're advertising it. Why? Because you're a dunce. You're AOC. And she's like, this was a huge win for me. Sure it was. You keep telling yourself that. Opening Pandora's box. Imagine bragging about using an app with suspicious ties to the Chinese government. Through multiple reports, bragging that you're trying to engage in fraudulent activity and advocate for it before one of the most important elections of our lifetime. Imagine. No, no, but let's talk about Russian collusion. Trump colluded with the Russians, right? Let's talk about that. You can investigate AOC for colluding with TikTok and uh, potentially the Chinese government? Nah, of course not, because, you know, she's a dunce and she doesn't even know any better. That this woman got elected to Congress is really embarrassing. I mean, I mean that. I'm not, listen, we've got enough bad Republicans, I get it. Really one of the dumbest people I've ever seen get elected to Congress. Actually advertising, trying to use fraud to impact an election. Let's set up a bunch of fraudulent accounts and send them to the Trump campaign. Yes, and then let's tweet it. Oh, my gosh. What an idiot. Incredible. All right. I got more on this. Let me, the left has just lost their minds. It's And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping to get to the Spygate stuff. I know, but I got a loaded show today. Let me get to my second sponsor today. My new best friends at Parler. As you know, I do have a financial interest in Parler, full disclosure, but they do pay for advertisements on the show as well. That are They are distinct from my ownership of the company. Parler. Do you really, folks, at this point, do we really need, I'm, I'm not reading this. I'm going to just leave it up, but I'm going to read my own thing because I'm just, I'm telling you how Parler was going down and why Parler and why I decided to join the company as well. 
Folks, Twitter can't stand you. Uh, is this a, is anybody guessing that anymore? They just don't like you. They don't like conservatives. Jack Dorsey does not care about conservatives at Twitter. They can't stand you. Why we're contributing to this. Listen, I'm not telling you, by the way, to dump your Twitter or Facebook. Stay on there. But make it your second or third option that you only post after you go to Parler. Make it your new social media home. It is mine now. It is my first stop every day for news. My first stop for commentary. I love it. Parler. P-A-R-L-E-R. P-A-R-L-E-R. Parler. P-A-R-L-E-R.com. Visit the App Store today. Speak freely. It is your alternative to uh, Facebook and Twitter where you don't have to worry about being censored like the Twitter tech tyrants who will kick you off there for sp simply advocating conservative ideology and, and libertarian and liberty-loving values. Follow me on Parler. I'm at DBongino. That's Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R.com, or find us in the App Store, Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R.com, Parler.com. Folks, I'm not kidding. I know I have some ownership stake in a company, just to be clear on the disclosure, but we are the hottest thing in social media right now. We are adding hundreds of thousands of new accounts because people are fed up with the tech tyrants. Go check it out today. Make sure to follow me. I'm at DeBungino. I like to say I think I have the most followers on the platform because you are awesome, my audience. Because of you, not me. I can only follow myself once. I don't even think I can do that, but you're great. Okay, moving on. So, um... The left has totally lost its mind. They're taking advantage of the Rahm Emanuel, never let a crisis go to waste theory. And now we've seen the left morph from what they said once was a slippery slope. You remember that, folks? Remember the slippery slope when they started tearing down Confederate statues? We said to them, it's only a matter of time before they start tearing down statues of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, too. I didn't even think it would take that long. And it didn't. They're doing that now. They're like burning them, ripping them down. They're just insane. Well, now it's not just Washington and Jefferson and basically anyone associated with the history of America because leftists hate you and they hate this country and they hate everything you stand for. Never forget the axiomatic truth of politics as we see it now. You think liberals are people with bad ideas. You better wake up to the fact that liberals think you're bad people with ideas because there's a very big difference between those two things. And the sooner you wake up to that fact, the more informed you'll be. Here's a story from WCBS, a New York uh, CBS affiliate. Teddy Roosevelt statue to be removed from the Museum of Natural History. Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt, TR. Teddy Roosevelt. Was he a Confederate soldier too? Just checking. Joe, I'm not a history major, but I'm reasonably confident Teddy Roosevelt was not a Confederate general. I'm just checking. For those he, of you history majors out there, you may want to send us a fact check on yeah. that. Reasonably confident TR. Right, Joe? You know you're, you're a good. history buff, yeah. right? You're good. Yeah, I'm reasonably confident TR was not a Confederate general. We are. Thank you. Joe's mm -hmm. confirming as the audience on Buzzman. But it doesn't matter. We got to get... And if, he's, if the statue, by the way, is being taken down by the city of New York... If it's not taken down, I'm sure the leftist tyrants will show up with their Soviet-style, you know, Bolshevik tactics and rip the thing down, burn it, and maybe, like, defecate on it, too, just to send an extra message home, because they love that kind of stuff. They're really sick people. Ladies and gentlemen, what's going on right now? Listen to me. This never had anything to do with Confederate statues, folks, okay? Never. That's not what this was about. I mean. Is it not obvious to you at this point? When they ran out of Confederate statues to rip down and burn and injure people. Well, yeah, they actually dropped the statue on some dude's head. Poor guy. Not even kidding. That's not even a joke. When they ran out of Confederate statues, they started pulling down statues of just about everyone. George Washington, Cervantes, the author of Don Quixote. What are you laughing at? It's not, I'm, not making, I'm not messing with you. They really pulled down the Cervantes, who happened to be a slave, by the way, at one point. They don't know. Leftists don't know history. They're morons. So they're pulling down statues. What's this really about? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a straight-up power play. That's all this is. Leftists are nihilists. 
They want to destroy everything we have right now. They don't believe in capitalism. They don't believe in big R, God-given rights. They don't believe in the structure of our society as we see it. They think the United States is a sinful, hate-filled country. They think it's a country full of white supremacists. They think the original sin of the country, slavery, will forever stain the country, that it's, it's non-recoverable, and that the country needs to be destroyed. This is a nihilist ideology. You pretending it's some reformist ideology that, listen, we're only looking at getting rid of Confederate statues that fought for the Confederacy. I'm telling you, you have misread this situation. It's going to be catastrophic, the consequences, if you don't wake up fast. That is not what this is about. This is about erasing our history altogether. And whoever will ena enable them do a strict power play, whoever will follow me, this point's going to be a little nuanced. Joe, audience ombudsman hat on, please. Got the it. audience referee, Paula, you too. This is an important point. I don't want you to forget. I want to get too wonky, but it matters. When you're engaged in a strict power play like the radical left is, in other words, they just want to take power. It's no more complicated than that. To subjugate you, conservatives and everyone, silence you, bankrupt you, fire you, potentially imprison you, shut you up by taking power over you. They need a vehicle to take that power, whether it's through surrogates that will act on their behalf, elected officials that'll let them do what they want. In other words, we're in charge. We just elected this idiot and he's going to stay out of it. Kind of like the mayor of Seattle. You get it? Like, she's not doing anything while a bunch of uh, terrorists took over a portion of Seattle. Right. So she's basically their useful idiot. So we'll either elect those people who will be useful idiots and pawns for us, or we will take office ourselves. So in their attacks on these statues, our culture, everything else trying to erase our history, they will not touch a statue or a politician who they think will advance their cause. Because you may be saying to yourself right now, why aren't they ripping down statues of FDR who literally imprisoned Japanese in internment camps in World War II? Why aren't they destroying and ripping apart the history of LBJ, who it's known used the N-word around the White House? Known. It's been reported everywhere. What about all these college campuses as Jesse Kelly, radio, uh, a, radio, a radio host and a, and a friend, by the way, does a great show himself, Jesse Kelly show, who's been pushing all weekend satirically, but true. Like, why aren't they changing the name of Yale University? You know, the guy who Yale, Yale's named after was a slaveholder. Why aren't they? What's going on with that? Because leftists don't care about this. They don't care about if Yale owns slaves, if FDR imprisoned the Japanese, if LBJ dropped the N-word. They don't care about any of that. They know that Democrats are weak and they're useful idiots and they will enable them to advance their power agenda to subjugate you. So they leave them alone. This has nothing to do with anything other than attacking any component of history that will get in their way of taking over power. Period. Full stop. Thank you. Have a nice day. You don't believe me? Let's listen to a useful idiot here. Joe's very familiar with me, too. This guy is one of the kings of the useful idiots. If there was like a monarch court of morons oh. full of useful idiots, Chris Van Hollen. Yeah. Yes, yes, you've heard this. Yeah. This is an exclusive from the great Kerry Pickett, one of the few good journalists actually left out there. Kerry's on Parlor, by the way. P-I-C-K-E-T, one T. Kerry Pickett is a great reporter. She's given us an exclusive on this audio. She catches up with a disastrous senator from Joe's beloved state of Maryland, Democrat Chris Van Hollen, again, one of the kings of the useful idiot crap. And she basically says to him, like, hey, listen, this whole statue tearing down thing, um, does this thing have an endpoint? And his answer is kind of telling because it shows this guy has no principles whatsoever. The left knows he has no principles, and that's why they'll never actually go after Chris Van Hollen because he's the useful idiot they need to obtain power. Listen to this audio. Check this out. Senator... Can I talk to you about the uh, statues that are, that are being ripped down, uh, particularly just by vigilantes. Your thoughts on that? Well, my, my view is that monuments that celebrate those who fought to protect the institution of slavery um, really have no place in but the public they be, square. But should they be ripped down by people who are not public officials? They need to be taken down. And I understand uh, the... Uh, the sediment uh, to pull them down, and uh, we need to be working with should, people to pull should, them down. Should government I've be? Got, a, I, that's, that's, that's should government animal. be standing by why vigilantes are ripping them down, though? Uh, the, these are monuments to.
people who fought hard to protect the institution of slavery. The ripping down so abolitionists. They need to come down. The ripping down abolitionists, the ripping down Gandhi, the ripping down other monuments look, other than Confederate look, look, generals. Look, look, I'm talking about I don't I'm talking about those that celebrate those who fought to protect slavery in our country. Okay. You believe this clown? I'm, again, if there was a definition of useful idiot, right? It'd be slash Chris Van Hollen. Slash Chris Van Hollen, Senator, Maryland, Democrat. Kerry Pickett says, so may, uh, okay, so this was about Confederate statues and you're angry and the left is angry at people who protected the institution of slavery. She says, well, what about the abolitionists? Chris Van Hollen, who either doesn't know what an abolitionist did. Huh. Of course he does. He's not stupid. Uh-huh. Or he's just pretending. He's like, look, 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 look. This is about people who protected slavery. Ah. Uh. The gavel drops. The stupid hammer, we're going to call this. Abolitionists? You're pulling down statues of abolitionists? Joe, the root word of abolitionists would be to abolish, right? Abolish, yes. What were abolitionists trying to abolish? I'm going to guess. Crazy time. I'm thinking they were trying to abolish slavery. Just che- Again, I'm no PhD in history, folks. Yeah. Just checking. Mm-hmm. Just, hold on. Let's go. Let's yeah. yeah. Abolitionists search. Yes, yes, abolitionists. Right. Just checking. We're trying to abolish slavery. So let's rip their statues down to, of course, Van Hollen, who if he had an ounce of principle and even a, 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 a scintilla of dignity, which he doesn't, of course, he's a useful idiot. Useful idiots don't have either of those things. He would say, yeah, you know what? I don't support that. Uh, that's pretty awful. And candidly, these statues, although we may disagree, uh, they should be voted on. It's dangerous to pull these things down. We've already had someone hurt. They can take a Listen, you live in a place and you have a city council, a town council. You don't like the statues. You disagree with what you think they stood for, what they did stand for. I'm, I'm a big R God-given rights conservative. Have at it. Vote on it. Take it down. Do it safely. Do your thing. I don't want to tell you how to vote. We have a bridge here in Martin County named after veterans. If people don't want to acknowledge veterans of Martin County, which would never happen here, vote on it. You would lose 99 to 1, but that's okay. Vote on it. Van Hollen, though, who again doesn't have any dignity or courage at all, can't say that because he's afraid. And when you're engaged in a strict power play, the coin of the realm is what? Intimidation. A strict power play. Not a democracy play, not a constitutional republic. A strict takeover, mob rule, power play. The coin of the realm is intimidation. And Chris Van Hollen, loser, intimidates rather easily. Thank you for the exclusive audio on that. We'll look forward to more of Kerry Pickett's work, and we'll be featuring it here on the show in the future. Because that's the question, actual journal, you know, real journalists? I'm not talking about you guys at CBS and MSDNC and all that other stuff. Actually, yes. You're here to combat slavery. Well, you're pulling down statues of Gandhi and abolitionists. I'm, I'm just checking, kind of like abolitionists. I don't know, I'm, uh, uh. Oh, my gosh, morons. Now, in case you believed also, show will be demonetized. What do you think, Paul? Will be demonetized in about 10 seconds today? You think we'll get through 10 seconds of the show before we're demonetized? I don't care. <laughs> you're right. Right, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, okay, do whatevs. Believe me, I'm working. I I never stop working. I've got alternatives to everything. Twitter picked with the, they picked the fight with the wrong cat when they banned my ads. Who did you ever? You demonetize whatever you like. Here's some other video you may not like to see if you're a leftist. So, you know, of course, Joe, Black Lives Matter, if you believe the uh, the hype, Black Lives Matter cares about black lives, which is interesting because they're not talking about school choice or actually funding the police, which would save black lives in high crime areas, some of which happen to be minority communities. Um, you would think they'd be advocating for those things. No, they're advocating for the exact opposite. School choice. What are you, crazy? We give young black children a shot and educate. We don't want that. But your slogan is Black Lives Matter. Come on, dude. That's just a slogan. Defund the police. But people will die in minority communities. You know that. We've tried depolicing neighborhoods in the past. We had the Ferguson effect and body bags piled up in minority communities. Listen, dude, 
Just because our slogan is Black Lives Matter doesn't actually mean we care about black lives. Well, we do on this show and have for a very long time. Yes, here. Yes, here on this show. And any of our longtime listeners know that. That's why we had Kira Davis and Scott Turner on this weekend to talk about these issues from a different perspective and a respectful back and forth. Thank you, by the way, for blowing that interview show up this weekend with Kira Davis and Scott Turner. I'll be honest with you, folks, because I, I, I'm gonna, I didn't think that interview was going to do that well. We had a long weekend. It's the summer. The interview did fantastic. They both blew it up talking candidly about race issues in the United States. Not like leftist talk. Black Lives Matter. Not to you, they don't. You don't believe me? Here is a video. I want to hat tip the great one, Mark Levin. There is no better. The great Mark Levin, who's also on Parlor, by the way. Thank you for joining. Mark played this on his show. This is one of the founders, Patrice Cullors of Black Lives Matter. She's asked a question by an activist who is a self-proclaimed Marxist, I believe. And he's like, listen, um, in the interest of time, I cut out the question part because Joe told me that's probably bad radio once to play both of them when we can summarize it ourselves. But the activist's like, hey, listen, um, I'm not so sure you Black Lives Matters, you know, you're really Marxists in the old school. You guys are losing a little street cred, basically. Can you explain that? Here's the founder of Black Lives Matter saying how, don't worry, we are definitely Marxists. Check this out. Um, I think that the criticism is helpful. Um I also think that it might, um, I think of a lot of things. The first thing I think is that we actually do have an ideological frame. Um, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. Um, we uh, are trained Marxists. Um, we are uh, super uh, versed um, on sort of ideological theories. Ah, uh, I thought Black Lives Mattered. Let me just tell you a little story, if you don't mind. I'm taking a point of personal privilege. Some of you like my stories, some of you don't. I'm going to tell one. So I spent a little time in Russia, a lot of time. Oh, Joe, get Adam Schiff on the case. Oh, Definitely gotcha. collusion here. But you, you, yeah. got, you call it him, get the bat phone you, right you now. Got it, babe. Okay, now that we're done with Schiff and we got that out of the way, this is clearly evidence of collusion, according to Schiff. I actually did spend some time in Russia, twice as a matter of fact. And I'll never forget going over there in my prior line of work on an advance. And I forget which trip it was. I think it was the one I was there with President Clinton. I was a young agent with the Secret Service back then. I was over as a post-stander. And I think it was that trip. And we had a, I'm, this is not a joke. This is not inflammatory. It's not. It's a fact. A former Soviet country, and we had a, a black male agent with us. And I forget where we were staying, the Metropole or the Marriott, whatever it was that time. And in the hotel, the black agent's room found a little gift in the toilet bowl. You can figure out, some of you may be eating, what it was. I promise you it wasn't a bouquet of flowers. Found a little gift in his room. Didn't really think anything of it, but someone in uh, on, on one of the locals who was familiar with the area, let's say, said, yeah, that, that's not uncommon. You know, they, they really, they don't like black men here. I'm not joking, folks. I'm not indicting everyone in Russia. I'm not indicting people of Russian heritage. I don't stereotype people. I'm saying what happened right there and what that guy told us. You think collectivists and Soviets and communists treated black men and women and minorities well? You, do you have any even a basic cursory understanding of history? I don't mean like a PhD in history. I mean, like, have you ever cracked a history book ever in your life? Like, including back in the third grade. I had Sister Ellen in third grade and we knew this. How do you think minorities, black men, Asian men, Muslims, minority communities have been treated by collectivists and Soviets and Marxists like the head of Black Lives Matter claims to be? I thought Black Lives Matter to her. Let me just answer that question for you. Not well. Little things like death, torture, concentration camps. If you Google it, you can actually figure that out. Even the clowns at Wikipedia probably get this one right. China has concentration camps right now for Muslim minorities. Just Google Uyghur concentration camps, China. But the Black Lives Matter head, Patrice Cullors, who claims Black Lives Matter, says she's a devout Marxist. You know, Marxist. 
where they kill, exterminate, and prison and put minorities in concentration camps, and they leave little gifts in the toilet bowl. I promise you, they weren't flowers. There it is. There's your hero, folks. I wonder when people in the alleged media, because I know, like I said, Kerry Pickett will ask real questions, but I wonder when people who claim to be journalists will start asking people who represent Black Lives Matter, hey, guys, ladies, I'm just checking. You are the what do we want dead cops, when do we want them now crowd, right? And all those companies out there donating to Black Lives Matter. When are they going to be asked this question? You were the pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon crowd. They're not talking about pigs. They're talking about cops. Your founder, Miss Patrice Cullors, claims to be a Marxist. You know, Marxism, concentration camps, death, treatment of minorities, extermination, that kind of thing. Hundreds of millions of dead bodies. Is this really what you want to advocate for? You sure? Black lives don't matter to these people, folks. And I'm very sorry if you've been suckered into believing and you're being bullied into believing otherwise. I'm not. I'm telling you, I am. You're in the military. You know Figmo? Figmo, babe. I am totally Figmo. F it. Got my orders. My orders are to go and fight for the cause. I don't care. You do whatever you want. This show is not stopping. Plowing straight ahead. We don't care. I have said this repeatedly. I have insulated myself from all your stupidity with off-ramps everywhere. There is nothing you can do to me to intimidate me anymore. A man with nothing to lose is the most dangerous one out there. And I don't mean dangerous. In a, I mean dangerous to these violent leftists. If nothing to lose, there is nothing you can do to me. You can come here for the truth every single day. And what I can't fix by the show, I'll fix with my money. And I'll fix with my business uh, experience. Because I do, just like you. It's not just about the talk. So yeah, I'm just checking. I'm, I'm assuming, ho hoping many of you will email those companies that have supported Black Lives Matter groups out there. Um, some of them we had a scrap. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry, don't care. Um, I assume you'll email them too and ask them why they're supporting groups who are Marxists, you know, murderers, Marxists calling for dead cops. Get on that. We did. Okay, don't delete that. I can already see it. All right, let me get to this. What do we got next? I'm all fired up today, as you can tell. I woke up this morning for Fox and Friends. I've been gassed ever since. I really am. I'm really upset about what's going on in this country. All right, let me get to this story before I get to my next part. Wait, hold up. Hold up. She's getting ready to move. She's... I, before we get to my next part, I just want to get this next story quick because I got a lot more material. Um, showing again how people who don't know anything about anything should probably not say anything about things they don't know anything about. Um, here's Brett Favre, who I used to respect. I Now I'm uh, just kind of done with this dope. So Brett Favre was a great quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Brett Favre, according to TMZ Sports, says that Colin Kaepernick, you know, the uh, depicting pigs as socks wearing guy, Kaepernick is similar to Pat Tillman. What? I assume hero status will be stamped on Kaepernick. Really? Oh, that's a fascinating. Here's a from the piece. Here's the actual quote by Brett Favre in case you think I'm misquoting him. Listen, you're a fan of this guy? Great. You do you. This guy, I don't If I had an autographed Brett Favre jersey right now, I would throw it right in the garbage. I'd be embarrassed to show it in my house. Here's Brett Favre this week, and who doesn't know anything about anything, obviously. Pat Tillman. He's compared to Pat Tillman. A man who gave up his salary and job in the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals. Do you have that piece from the car? Oh, okay, sorry. Who actually gave up his job as an NF, I think a safety with the Arizona Cardinals to go fight overseas, Pat Tillman, and who died over there, Brett Favre comparing Kaepernick. But you have the, the photo of the, the socks, right? This is Colin Kaepernick. That's it. That's Colin Kaepernick's uh, ankle. What is he wearing? He's wearing socks with police officers depicted as pigs. So Brett Favre is comparing this guy, sock cops as pigs wearer, with Pat Tillman, a patriot who left his million-dollar job in the NFL to go fight overseas and died. Brett Favre. Brett Favre. Or as they call him in something about Mary, Brett Favre. 
Well, Brett Favre and Brett Favre, you're on my do not ever send the dollar to anything you support ever again campaign. I'll expect an apology today. Um, if you all would like to peacefully, of course, as we're not leftists like the BLM Marxists, but if you'd like to tweet, parlay, or email, or whatever, Brett Favre, it'd be nice if you asked him for an apology because we all deserve it. Okay, now, here's our last sponsor today, and I got another story. As predicted, by the way, in New York, sadly, uh, I wish I was wrong. What I told you was going to happen is now happening in New York. I got that. Hopefully, some of the spy gates. I've been pushing this forever. You're probably mad at me at this point, but I've had a, it's been a loaded couple of weeks. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Raycon. These are mine, ladies and gentlemen. Check them out. You see them? I don't know if you can hear that. Sometimes when you put them in your ear and your phone's on, they, they tell you. But here's my Raycon earbuds. Put them in my ear now. There's one of them. You see that? Look at that. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness. They're so good at sealing out the sound. I can't hear myself talk. It's weird. I'm not even kidding. I can't hear myself talking. I'm like getting confused. When you're working from home or you're working on your fitness, you want... What do you lose? Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. That's the bottom line. Raycon is in. I'm serious. It's here. It is. Power on. I just heard power on connected. Before you go dropping a hundred dollars, hundreds of dollars on a pair, you need to check out the wireless earbuds from Raycon. You already know Raycon earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market, and they sound as amazing as top audio brands. I use them all the time. If you see me on planes or traveling, you've seen these. These are mine. Again, my Raycon earbuds, I love them. Their newest model, the Everyday E25 earbuds, are the best ones yet with six hours of playtime. I haven't even charged these. I've taken two flights with them, and they still haven't charged them yet. Uh, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and a more compact design that gives you a nice noise-isolating fit, as I just demonstrated to you inadvertently. I didn't even realize I was doing that in my ear. Raycon's wireless earbuds are so comfortable. They're perfect for conference calls or binging podcasts, especially mine, if you'd like it. Unlike some of your other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. They have no dangling wires or stems, and they stay in your ears. None of these other ones stay in my ears. We love them. You heard me talk about how the company was co-founded by Ray J and other, a lot of people are obsessed with Raycons. We get a ton of good feedback on these products. Pick a pair of uh, Raycon earbuds and see what the hype is all about. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Stop overpaying. These are the best out there. Get a 15% uh, off your order at buyraycon.com slash Bongino. That's buyraycon.com slash Bongino for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash Bongino. Go check them out today. All right. Getting back to the show. So, as I predicted, and I wished and hoped and prayed, I'm not kidding, that I was wrong, the gutless NYPD police commissioner, Dermot Shea, who I've repeatedly called to resign on Twitter. Dermot Shea, um, again, if you're working uh, in New York, you live in New York, you should probably email your uh, public officials there and request he resign as well. Dermot Shea is the gutless police commissioner of New York City who decided it would be a good idea to disband the plainclothes anti-crime units. Well, I went into last week why that was a bad idea because most self-observed crimes by police officers, when a police officer observes a crime, happens with plainclothes units. The reason's fairly obvious. If you're a criminal looking to commit a crime and you see a uniformed police officer, you probably don't commit said crime and you wait for the police officer to leave to then commit the crime. You're going to rob a store? You don't go, hey, let's wait for the cops to show up and rob the store. That's not how it works. So you don't have a lot of self-observed crime in New York with uniformed police officers. It's usually a report from someone else. Hey, that guy beat me up and they go get him. Well, they dumped any crime and the New York Post has a story on it, which will be in the show notes today. Shooting surge in New York City, as I said, amid the disbanding of NYPD's plainclothes anti-crime unit. I I listen, folks, I wish I was wrong about this. This was one of those... Joe, you weren't a uniformed police officer at any point, correct? Just so we can, no. you know, some of maybe new listeners. Mm-hmm. Joe is, of course, our producer. For those of you just finding us for the first time this weekend, for those old timers, you know Joe better than Joe knows himself. Thanks. So Joe was not a uniformed law enforcement officer. Uh, but Joe, wouldn't you agree that plain clothes units are probably a little more discreet than a man or a woman, a police uniform with a shield, a hat on, a firearm, and a baton. A little more discreet, correct? Yeah, Plain yeah, clothes. Yeah, the, in, uh, yeah. the uniform is a dead giveaway. Um, so, yeah. It, every time. Yeah. Every time, Joe. Yeah. Every, a brilliant analysis by Armacost, Thank who you, we've Dan. had running for president in this, robbing <laughs> banks, and now he's a police official. Brilliant analysis by Armacost. Let me quote that. Yeah. For the show, quote, 
the uniform is a dead giveaway. There it is. Brilliant. Thank you, sir. Joe figured out what Dermot Shea, the commissioner of the New York City Police Department, cannot. Armacost, no law enforcement experience. Great producer. Zero experience in law enforcement. <laughs> yes, Dan, the uniform, dead giveaway. Dermot Shea, police commissioner of New York, 700 years in law enforcement. Who the hell knows? I heard he was a decent guy once as the CEO of a precinct in the Bronx. Whatever decency is left, is left this guy now. Dermot Shea, police commissioner of New York. We don't need those anti-crime units. No worries at all. Can we just name Joe the police commissioner of New York? The uniform. Yes, probably a dead giveaway. So, of course, now people who are going to shoot other people who wouldn't do so with a uniform presence, but may, if they were going to engage in some activity, may be stopped by a plainclothes officer who they may not recognize right away because he's not in the uniform, which to quote Joe is a dead giveaway. These are not the dreaded air quotes. These are the celebrated air quotes because it was brilliant. They may actually catch the guy and stop him as he goes like this. Can we even do that on YouTube anymore? Is that like going uh, to freak people out? It's a finger. It's not real. You go like that. The anti-crime guy probably sees it. Police don't move. That kind of thing. But of course, none of that's happening because they don't want any uniform officers on the street. They want to defund them. And the anti-crime cops who would have stopped it are now not there either because they're in uniform. Probably in the precinct. They probably have them doing uh, flower deliveries and, and, and sweeping off people's front porches now. Screenshot from the New York Post piece. I'm always throwing Paul off the screenshots. Read this. This is amazing. Read this piece in the show notes. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Read it, please. And if, if I don't get to the Spygate stuff, read ahead to the Margot Cleveland article too because it's great. I'll get to some of it. Shootings are surging this week in New York City with 28 incidents and 38 victims reported since Monday. 38 people have been shot in New York City since Monday? Oh, oh, are we in like a middle of a war zone? That's the day, by the way, the New York City Police Department disbanded his plainclothes anti-crime unit, the Post learned on Friday. I, By the way, folks, I knew this was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly, being candid with you. By comparison, the same week last year, there were only 12 shootings for the entire week. In the most recent reported shooting at 4 p.m. Friday in East New York, Brooklyn. Why does that sound familiar, folks? Because that's where I was a cop in the 7-5 precinct. A 27-year-old man died of multiple gunshots from wounds to his torso, face, and leg in front of 640 Stanley Avenue, a location I know well. A 17-year-old boy was also shot there, was in stable condition, police said. Quote, this is what the politicians wanted. No bail, nobody in Rikers, cops not arresting one. One angry law enforcement source said Friday. All those things equal people walking around on the street with guns, shooting each other. It's not a joke, folks. It's not as it's funny. This is like, this is not some celebratory moment. Look, I was right. I, oh, gosh, I wanted to be wrong. There's nothing I would have liked more than for Dermot Shea, after his 30 years or whatever in law enforcement, to have some brilliant insight that anti-crime wasn't needed anymore and that he disbands anti-crime and crime goes down. I would love to be wrong. Come in and say, hey, Dermot Shea, you were right. Taking plainclothes officers off the street and putting them in uniforms, you were absolutely right. Great idea. Unfortunately, my experience has taught me otherwise. I told you this was going to happen. I just didn't think it was going to happen this weekend. And now 38 people have gunshots in them, in their bodies, real people with real lives whose blood is red just like you and me, have actual bullets in them this weekend because we thought pulling anti-crime cops off the street was a good idea. And by we, I mean Dermot Shea. Listen, Dermot Shea is not a dope. I've got a lot of emails. And I know you're watching this, Dermot Shea, because our audience is so big now, no one can avoid what we say on the show. Thanks to you. You're the power, not me. I'm not a BLM collectivist. You are the power, the individual listening to this show. But this show is way too powerful to ignore anymore. And I know Dermot Shea, based on the audience of cops we have, which is substantial, I know you'll see this. You're a disgrace. You took a once decorated career. Guys liked you. I got a lot of emails, said you were a decent commanding officer when you were in the Bronx. And you sold your soul. You sold your soul to clown communist Mayor de Blasio. And because you sold your soul, people will die. And 38 people 
good portion of them probably have bullets in them this weekend because you can't enforce the law in America's biggest city. Just resign. Seriously. Just walk away in shame now before it gets worse. You disgraced yourself and the badge. And I'm really sorry we have to call you out. Damn, don't pick fights with these people. Don't care at all. Yeah, yeah, Dermot Shane, what have you done, Dan? Have you ever walked away from your job? Ah, yeah, moron, I did. I left my job to go run for office. We didn't win, but at least we stood for something, unlike you, coward. What does this guy know? What, did he actually leave his job to run for? Oh, yes, uh, different guy, sorry. Dunce. All right, I'm going to get to some of this Spygate stuff. I'm going to get it tomorrow. There have been a lot of incredible developments. And finally, finally, people are picking up on what the big story is. What have I told the audience is the biggest angle of the Spygate story that very few people are reporting on from the beginning. The biggest angle is this. Not only was the Trump team spied on, we know that. Again, that's old news at this point. Great. We wrote two, now three books about my October book coming up. It's not that they were spied on. Yeah, that's scandalous enough. It's that you paid for it. No. We? Taxpayers? Yes, you. No, Dan, Hillary paid for it. Hillary. She did? You sure? Hillary paid for the dossier. You're right. Hillary did pay for it. But who paid the people who put the information in the anti-Trump PP dossier? You did. No. Been warning you about this from the start. Now, Catherine Herridge, who's brilliant, she's over at CBS right now, used to be at Fox, a colleague over there. Catherine and I are not, I've never actually met her in person, despite the fact that we worked at the same company for a while, but she is brilliant. And she has out in a tweet, this is now a week old, this is from, we've been dying to put this up all week. But she says, hey, there, you know, there's a key timeline here. August 10th, the dossier specifically mentions Mike Flynn. August 11th, Horowitz found that the FBI team met with confidential source too. That was, uh, that was, that's Halper, by the way. And then five days later, they opened a crossfire razor on Mike Flynn. Why does this matter? Because Catherine Harridge is starting to figure out that, gosh, this guy Halper, confidential human source too, seems to show up at every single critical junction in this case. And some of the information he has, Joe, keeps appearing in the dossier Hillary paid for. But who was paying Halper? The FBI government spy. Well, if you'd like to read ahead to tomorrow's show, I strongly encourage you to read this piece by the great Margot Cleveland at The Federalist. That is absolutely stunning. What's inside Grassley's letter demanding more about the deep state role in Spygate? Let me rephrase the Margot Cleveland headline. Holy crap, you paid for Stephen Halper to spy on the Trump team. That's the real title of this. This is an unbelievable piece. And I encourage you to read ahead in the show notes, bongito.com slash newsletter, because I'm going to be going into detail about this tomorrow. I'll do a little teaser here about what this is. Again, Harridge is starting to figure it out. Her tweet, well, she's not starting. She's very smart. That sounded condescending, and I did not intend it that way at all. My Forgive me, Catherine Harridge. Brilliant. She's known this for a long time. But now she's tweeting publicly about what she knows. That this guy, Halper, who was being paid by the Pentagon. You know, the Pentagon for the liberals out there, our Pentagon, taxpayer thing, Department of Defense, you know, Pentagon thing. Halper, who's spying on the Trump team, was being paid by an office within the Pentagon called the Office of Net Assessments. Information only Halper had seems to be appearing in the dossier Hillary paid for. But I thought the dossier was the work of Christopher Steele. A lot of people thought that. Hence the name, the Steele dossier. But what if the Steele dossier is really the Steele, Halper, Glenn Simpson dossier and taxpayer money was used to pay Halper, which in turn got information into the dossier used to spy on the presidency. That has been the scandal from day one. That's been it. It's not just that Hillary, we know she's corrupt, paid to spy on the Trump team. It's that you did. Let's go to screenshot number one from this Federalist piece. Again, read ahead because this is going to get very, very good. Screenshot number one from Margot Cleveland's terrific piece in The Federalist. Halper, you know, who spied on the Trump team, he's a spy, folks. It's as simple as that. He was spying on Carter Page, spying on George Papadopoulos. Halper wasn't only working for the FBI. He was also receiving hundreds of thousands of dollars from ONA, the Office of Net Assessments in the Pentagon, including, oh, as I told you, 
as I told you, including two contracts that span the same time period as the Crossfire Hurricane investigation of the Trump campaign. Whoa, isn't that a stunner? Grassley sought more information about these contracts from ONA, but the Iowa Republican senator received little help from Jim Baker from ONA. Why would they be looking to hide these contracts? Because that's Svetlana Lakova, who has a great book out right now, by the way, who was a victim of Halper and the Spygate scandal. She has a book out now, The Inside Story of Spygate. It's on uh, where bookstores are sold out there, Barnes & Noble, in other words. Pick it up at your bookstore. As she has pointed out to me often in conversations, she's given me uh, permission to share. Those contracts are suspicious. So Halper is being paid by the Pentagon with your tax dollars to produce information that seems to creep up on a corresponding timeline of exactly when Steele produces his dossier memos. Ladies and gentlemen, think about the impact of that. And I'm going to go into what happened afterwards and how bad I'll go into it in tomorrow's show. It's not just that Hillary paid to spy on Trump. You did. Contracts from the United States government paid to a spy spying on the Trump team marry up almost perfectly with the timeline of the Crossfire Hurricane FBI investigation into the Trump team. Oh, don't worry. That's just a big coincidence, according to Adam Schiff and the other clowns, Jerry Nadler and that crew. Just a big coincidence, I'm sure. I'll go into more tomorrow. I've got a number of other screenshots from this piece, but that is the big takeaway. Not only was he paid by the Pentagon helper who was spying on the Trump team, but the contracts overlap with the FBI's crossfire hurricane investigation. Don't worry. Just a big winky dink. I'm sure. Not so much. Wow. That was a lot of material for today. Starting off Monday with a bang. Uh, big news. I will be guest hosting the five today at five o'clock. That's for a reason. Five of us on the Fox news channel, 5 PM Eastern time. Please check it out. I'm sure there'll be some uh, spicy back and forth as always. I think Greg's on a little uh, VK today or whatever it may be. So check that out. The five, uh, set your DVR. And uh, please share the show. The numbers last week were incredible. Thank you so much, folks. Appreciate it. Please uh, subscribe to my show on Apple Podcasts and on YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. We're almost at 500,000 subscribers. We put a lot of work into the video. And we appreciate your support. It's, of course, free. Subscriptions are free. Thank you so much. Talk to you tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.